Hello, welcome to another edition of our wonderful podcast in which we talk utter bollocks. My name's Birch. My name's Sean. And bo- bollocks is the word, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hadn't really thought of that until now, but yeah, that sums things up pretty well. Yeah. Maybe we should call it the bollocks cast. I think, yeah, I think that would be a good summation of all the effort and hours that uh, you've put into um, editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, it's a bit of a slap in the face to me. Well, yeah, so here we are again with another lovely topic in hand. And this week's topic uh, was chosen by yourself, Birch. It was. And the topic is? The topic is Morrissey of the Smythes. Of the Smythes. No, were you kidding, right? It's, it is the Smiths, right? I've not been mispronouncing it all these years. It's the Smiths. I've, I've never heard them say, hi guys, we're the Smiths, so I can only assume... It's the Smiths. It's the Smiths. Yeah. Oh, Ponzi bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Thing about it, though, um, Morrissey, what does the E stand for in Morrissey? Morris E. Um, I know, obviously, the surname's Smith, so it's Morris E. Smith. So emptiness? Morris Emptiness Smith? That would be in keeping could with his... Be, could be emptiness. It could be... Elephantitis. Yeah, elephantitis. <laughs> that would explain yeah. a lot as well. Yeah, because yeah, he was famous for that. He um, got pretty big, didn't he? He got pretty big. Yeah. He was a skinny young man and he got pretty big. I think that's why the, the band stopped, because he just couldn't leave this room. Uh, just because of the, the the size of him, and like people were just chucking buns at him through the <laughs> through the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was going, "I'm a human being." <laughs> they're like, "Sure, yeah." And Johnny Marr was just like, "I can't see us uh, recording any more together." Yeah, uh, I'm I'm formally putting an end to the Smythes. To the Smythes, yeah. And you know, he's he's a solo act now, but um, he's actually the stage is is perspective. Is a, is a bit of a trick because it's actually a lot further away than people think. So he looks about a normal-sized man. That's right, and he's still in that building that he was stuck in when the elephantitis kicked in. Are we? To- is this some sort of like two-pack-style projection we're talking about? He's not on stage at all. Uh, well, no, he's they they carry the uh, the building around on a heavy load lorry okay. from city to city, country to country, <laughs> right. whenever he tours. So it's just just a giant man with elephantitis being dragged around in like what is a bungalow. Um, he calls it his bungalow tour that never stops. The um, never-ending bungalow tour. Yeah, yeah. That's Morrissey's tour. So it's a bit like um, like a sitcom set in that the fourth wall is not really a wall. It's, yeah, it's just facing <laughs> outwards so people can peer in at him. And... That's right. They've cut out that wall. Yeah. yeah, just so that people can see. He still can't quite get out though because he's, um, he's kind of lodged, lodged between yeah. two of the walls. <laughs> So we're really saying not only he's got elephantitis, but gigantism as well, if he's that big. Because people yeah. with elephantitis aren't particularly big. They're not actually like elephants. No, I think I did confuse the two briefly there. Yeah. But now that you mention it, he has both. <laughs> Why is he so miserable? I'll tell you what, I, this is exactly what I said would happen. When you suggested Morrissey as a topic, I said, I'm just going to slag off Morrissey for however long we talk about him. It, so yeah. maybe you should steer the conversation. Yeah. I, I think it should be um, mentioned early on that uh, Sean's not the biggest Smiths fan. I don't. Have you given them much of a listen? Or I like, I like the Smiths, I just don't like Morrissey. But pro- oh, the problem fair. is, he's in the Smiths and sings over most of their very nice instrumental music. I mean, he's, he's, he's a bit of a funny chap. 
But, Hilarious, yeah. But I, <laughs> He's got a great sense of humour. Doesn't take himself seriously at all. I think it's those early days in those working men's clubs up in Manchester where he started off as a, a stand-up comedian. Manchester? I thought he was Indian. <laughs> oh, yeah, Manchester, <laughs> India, yeah. Yeah, Manchester, India is what I mean. He, he, he used to live in New Salford, just outside of Delhi. That's in, right. New Delhi. In those working Indian men's clubs. <laughs> Please give it up for Morris Elephantitis Smith. That's before he shortened the name. Yeah, that was his kind of like gimmicky stand-up name. Yeah. Like you've got Roy Chubby Brown. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was originally Roy C. Brown, but he lengthened his. He he gave his full middle name out for everybody to know. No, that's right. Yeah. What's he up to, Roy um, Chubby Brown? Um, What's he up to? Um, Probably uh, same old. Uh, do you know his real name? You're telling me Chubby isn't his real name? Probably You're telling me Roy isn't his real name? No, Uh, it kind of. Royston. Oh, I do know this. Yes, Royston Vasey. They took right. his name for um, the League of League of Gentlemen. That's right. Ah. <laughs> well, go on. What's he up to? What's he up to? He's um, uh, stealing bags of frozen peas from uh, Morrison's uh, various Morrison's or up and down the country. Really? Yeah, that was Anthony Warren Thompson, though, wasn't it? That happened to him as well. Oh yeah, well he's done it as he, well. He, <laughs> he was. Bo- it was him as bottles of wine. Bottles of wine that were about worth a tenner. No, that's right. Yeah. Well, I mean... Everybody Roy- steals from Morrison's. Yeah, well, Royston started it with the frozen peas, and then um, Royal the Thompson, going. yeah, he start, he really set the flame uh, ablaze, and then, um, yeah, Royal Thompson was just like, I could do that. I don't really want to copy him completely. No. I, I want to do my own spin on it. Well, Royal Thompson is nothing if not original. No, that's right, exactly. And so he did bottles of wine instead <laughs> of uh, frozen peas. <laughs> Aimed higher. Everybody was doing it. When I worked in a Morrison's, and I won't mention which one because anybody working there might remember this, but there was a, quite a popular assistant store manager who got caught stealing about £200 worth of shopping. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, he, got, he, he he was disgraced and, you know, it was, was horrible. Was that? He's jumping on the, the Roy Chubby Brown train. He was probably a fan. <laughs> jumping on the Brown train. <laughs> That sounds like a horrible euphemism <laughs> for something. I don't know what, but let's not let's not dig on that particular line of comedy there. No, let's not. I'll tell you one thing I want to talk about is um, when we were out for your birthday last week and you made the, the classic um, mix-up. Everybody does it. Yeah. Everybody does it. You confused Mark Bolan with Jim Bowen. <laughs> And they're so similar. Yeah. So I can understand it have you know, one's um glam rock lead singer, you know, missed by all and the other was the lead singer for the for T Rex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh but they are they're so similar. I can't even remember making the faux pas. I know that I almost died with laughter. I doubled over, I folded myself into a small ball and lay there on the floor crying with laughter. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I started drinking at six. It was, it was nearly. It was AM or PM. <laughs> oh yeah, we start as we mean to go on. No, um, <laughs> yeah, it was about six p.m. and then yeah, I, I think I got home at about five in the morning, something like that. So no, I I got you home earlier than that. Oh, it was. Oh yeah, it was earlier than that because, well, not much earlier. Maybe a half four. Oh okay. Quarter past four. I didn't get to bed till half five. But that's because I made friends with all the neighbourhood cats on the street. <laughs> um, sat on my front steps, 
talking to them for about 20 minutes. And then um, I wanted to go to bed, so I invited all the cats inside the house. Oh. And then had cats wandering about inside the house Lovely. for about a half hour. And then I went, no, I really do have to go to bed now. And I had to sh- try and shepherd all the cats out. <laughs> Like some of them were upstairs, some of them were in the kitchen. I'd get one out and another one would get back in. It was a logistical nightmare. A few of them were playing poker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, come on, guys. Yeah. And then they found the cat flap and then they just made their own way back in. Oh. No. It was a logistical nightmare. They do herding cats is a is an idiom, isn't it? It's a it's a saying. And I was literally trying to shepherd the cats out. Um much easier to get them in the house. I wonder why. <laughs> But yeah, this uh, this faux pas that I made. Um, Bowen Bowen. Yeah, it was, Bowen Gate, as we'll call it from now on. Yeah, yeah, it was it was something I was talking about. How basically, I don't even know if it was Mark Bowen that I was trying to talk about because I've not heard this myself. But about him. What do you mean you've not heard it yourself? You were the one telling us about it. Oh, yeah, I must have been. <laughs> I was. You were telling us that Mark Bowen. Slash Jim Bowen had had two ribs removed so that he could suck his own penis, which, as well as being nonsense, is something that's always attributed to Marilyn Manson. So that I was confused on two levels. Not only was I confused at first because I was like, he means Marilyn Manson, doesn't he? But then you said Jim Bowen. (laughs) I was picturing Jim Bowen (laughs) trying to get his head around his beer belly. Doubled over, <laughs> trying to suck his own cock. Yeah. Now, I... imagine if he accidentally just got um, instead of one from each side at the bottom, he got two from the left. So he's kind of a bit wonky. <laughs> he yeah. could kind of go around to the side. <laughs> he can like to the left. He can kiss his thigh, but he can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just yeah, just the. Uh... Well, I mean, I this it, it confuses me because I've always attributed this to Marilyn Manson as well. Yeah. I've never for the life of me thought or heard about it being Mark Bolan. So I must have been talking double shit. I, I, double shit, yeah. I, you, you were in, I, I said, do you mean Marilyn Manson? You were like, nope, Jim Bowen. <laughs> 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 Meaning Mark Bolan, yeah. I mean, it's not true anyway um, that Marilyn Manson did that. Well, no. It's one of those really strange things. So, yeah, it's an urban legend that was misattributed to... Someone else who I happen to confuse with another person entirely. This is too many strands removed. I know, now. yeah. I, yeah. A, each, a strand removed for a rib removed. That's right. Yeah. I'm just trying. At just... least you didn't get as far as um, Bully, the bullseye uh, <laughs> cartoon character. <laughs> I have until the commercial break to suck my own cat. <laughs> <laughs> Bully, you count the money. <laughs> I'll suck myself off. <laughs> that, is, that is an image I don't think I'll ever get out of my head now. Jim Bowen just doubled over. Don't don't actually voice it. People, because... Bl- bl- blimey. <laughs> <laughs> the first time he does it. <laughs> Jesus. Do you think he did it on television? I think that's why Bullseye's no longer on TV. <laughs> it had to get cancelled at some point. And that was very much the nail in the coffin. Yeah. A very big nail. Yeah, that was it. He did it sat on top of the speedboat. <laughs> yeah. He went, well, we're never giving this away. <laughs> oh. Jim Bowen sat on a speedboat, sucking himself off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we're through the looking glass now, mate. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, it was a good night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> but Sir Morrissey, yeah. Um, so, Sorry, did you say Sir Morrissey? No, I said... Over well, my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't accept a knighthood, would he? I wouldn't imagine he would. I don't. I mean, I not don't. since that song, "The Queen Is Dead." She's never been a fan. <laughs> That's a good. I could, not, <laughs> how could I have forgotten? <laughs> she's not been a fan. She wouldn't give him one. He wouldn't, he wouldn't get. get it. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Can you imagine that? If he did get offered a knighthood, and she's like, "To be fair, it was a good album." <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um. Maybe it'll be like um. You know when uh, Diana played. Uh, Diana died. We had Elton John doing "Candle in the Wind." Yeah. When the Queen dies, we'll get Morrissey up and he'll do "Queen Is Dead." He, he he defies uh, explanation, that man. But not impersonation. No, that's true. Well, everyone, everyone does a kind of an impression of him, which sounds something like Mr. Bean whenever everyone mm-hmm. uh, impersonates him. So it's, uh, what is it? It's kind of like, Teddy knows I'm miserable now. Except oh. I don't know how the tune goes, so. So, um, not a fan of Morrissey, but you're a fan of the Smiths. Uh, how do you find, so do you have issue kind of like differentiating the two, like, you kind of... What's stopping you completely getting into the Smiths is, what, Morrissey's personality or his voice? What Voice, what, yeah. The voice. I always thought I would get into Morrissey. I hated him for years, and then I got to a point in my early 20s where all my friends got into him. And I went, you know, as much as I don't like him, I get the feeling I'm going to get into the Smiths because a lot of my friends have done it. Um, and not, um, not that I'm a, a sheeple or anything like that, mm. But, um, you, know, you know, I can understand the appeal. But then I just couldn't get over his voice. I tried. I did try. There is a light that never goes out. Great intro. Love it. As soon as he starts singing, I was just like, oh, God. Oh. Tell you what, James. There is a dislike that never goes out. Yours for Mine Morris for... Elephantitis Smythe. Exactly. That's the one. What else is there to say about Morrissey? Um, well, very passionate... A meat Eater. Mad for Meat. That was the name of one of their albums, wasn't it? Yeah, Mad, Mad for, for Meat. The yeah. one the, it had it on the helmet. Yeah, Mad for Meat. And that was also the um, uh, origin of the whole Mad for It uh, Manchester scene. Yeah. It was originally Mad for Meat. Anybody said, yeah, anytime anybody said Mad for It, they were saying, they were talking about meat specifically. Yeah. Wanted some ribs, wanted some steak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he did that tour, didn't he, where he um, went up and down the, the country, basically going to every steakhouse. <laughs> Uh, from uh, from Cornwall up to uh, the end of Scotland, just going around like sampling each. <laughs> from the Highland Coo to the Lowland Pasty, he loves them, one after the other. Stop twisting my pork loin, man. That was another <laughs> Manchester saying, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite common to twist a pork loin um, back back in. But you, the 80s. you, but it was the rule was you never twist anybody else's. Hence the saying. Yeah, that's Stop right. Twisting my pork loin, man. That's right. Was he in the Happy Mondays? Yeah, he had a brief stint in the Happy Mondays. He's the dancing man. Um, the the eat up dancing man. That's right. I mean, back at that point, they were called the Sad Tuesdays. <laughs> but um, uh, oh dear, <laughs> soon changed after after he left. But yeah, he was the original Bez. I do like his dances, though, uh, that Morrissey does. I prefer um, Bez's politics, quite frankly. 
<laughs> yeah, certainly less. Um, it's very straightforward. You know what you're going to get with uh, with Bez. He did that um, uh, bed in, didn't he? Bed in. Yeah, where like um, is that what they called it when John Lennon did it? I didn't want to say a lion because oh, right. that, implies, <laughs> that just implies he's just been a bit lazy on a well, Sunday morning. He's been morning. doing that for years. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they did a, they did a bed in like uh, John and Yoko did in New York, except theirs was like um, televised live when on you- a webcam. When you say they, please tell me it was him and Sean Ryder in, <laughs> in, in some kind of, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Morecambe and Wise Morecambe would and always Wise, be like, in bed together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. they both had like silk pyjamas on yeah. and they were just like, yeah, in bed with uh, next to one another. Do you think uh, they were doing it off camera? Morecambe and Wise. <laughs> Why else would they always be in bed together? That's a good point. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really, No. And when you say off camera, do you mean when they stopped rolling, but they were still on the film set? Or do you mean when they left? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what's confusing is Ernie Wise was always called the straight man. So that implies that Eric Morecambe is... <laughs> was the gay man. Was the gay man. But but also that if they are doing it off camera, it might not have been consensual. No. Which is terrifying. To think. Uh, Eric Morecambe was a big man as well. And, yeah. and Were they both called Eric? Ernie Wise, that's it. Eric yeah. Morecambe and Ernie Wise. Ernie Wise was quite a small man. That's true. He could have quite easily had his uh, had his way with them, and they had a lot of clout as well. So um, <laughs> they could have done this is on set. A, is that the name of a brand of lubricant? <laughs> Get your clout today. Um, yeah, they always had clout on set. Um, <laughs> Just in case, and uh, because of the uh, the power that they had uh, at the BBC, mm. no one ever said a word. It was always uh, well. It's endemic in the culture, isn't it? We've seen that in the last few years. That's true. Yeah, just never with like one co-star with another. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He's not really a meat eater, though, is he? He's a no. Um... He's very passionate. Uh, is he vegan? Or... He's, he's uber vegan, isn't he? Uber, yeah, I guess. I don't know if he's just vegetarian or whether he's uh, actually proper. He oh, can't give everybody shit all the time if he's only a vegetarian. He's got to be vegan if he's giving people shit all the time. I guess, yeah. Because otherwise, you know, vegans would be looking down on him. He once uh, likened uh, eating meat uh, to, uh, was it uh, rape? He's got away with words. Yeah. Did you know he was nominated for um, uh, the Bad Sex in Literature Award? This is an award they do every year for the worst description of sex in in books that come out. Yes, because he wrote that novel, didn't he, shortly after his autobiography? Yeah, and his description of sex was just so uh, unloving. (laughs) Can we pull up a passage from the the novel? So I think the book was called List of the Lost. So he won this in 2015. He won this Bad Sex Award. So I'll give you... I've got some little excerpts here. With Eliza's breast barrel-rolled across Ezra's howling mouth and the pained frenzy of his bulbous salutation <laughs> extenuating his excitement. <laughs> A bulbous salutation. <laughs> all quiet, all still in this descent, and pleasant... Oh, no, I said descent instead of decent. I'll, do, I'll start that again. We'll yeah. cut that out. Do the man justice for Christ. Yeah, God. yeah, yeah, God. All quiet, all still, in this decent and pleasant atmosphere of slumber and repose, where lush houses of beddy by shut snoozled in Sleetland. 
Well, that's not even sex, is it? That sounds like a. It's nonsense. Preciously kneeling on the upper crust carpeting, the boys were inexpressive and almost beloved. What the hell does that mean? They upper were... crust carpeting. The problem is these are such short extracts. I can't tell if they're about sex or not. Upper crust carpeting. Uh, shaved pubic hair. God, whatever it is, it's horrible. Well, this is good. This is a good one. This isn't sex. Whoever put the pain in painting had also put the fun in funeral. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good little snippet. It was the same man. Yeah. Um, In their secrecy, Harry does not like Tracy's knotted banana toes, and Tracy finds the manly central issue too slight to grip. Knotted banana toes. (laughs) It's like a nonsense poem. In their secrecy, Harry... This is Harry with an I, by the way. As in, not the character as a cyclops. I mean, it's (laughs) H-A-R-I. In their secrecy, Harry does not like Tracy's knotted banana toes, and Tracy finds the manly central issue too slight to grip. Manly central issue too slight to grip. It's nonsense. Either that or the man's a genius. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of going for like a Spike Milligan poetry almost. It is a bit. It's like a nonsense poem. Bastard. It's original. I'll give him that. I've not really heard... Anything quite like it? You've never heard the term "knotted banana toes" before? No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not that well read, so I, oh, I don't okay. really. Uh, it's not something I've come across before. They're doing that um, documentary about him, aren't they? Documentary. Yeah, they're doing a Morrissey documentary. Oh, I know a film came out. Oh, maybe that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's a, a film uh, come out called "England Is Mine," um, about uh, his life before the Smiths. Right. Why is he such a patriot? He's miserable. He doesn't like being here. I suppose he just mirrors the English northern weather, doesn't he? I've not seen the film, but there's a part in the trailer which um, kind of made me go, oh, God. It's like one of those... Go on. uh, There was like, uh, I think the trailer ends with like a a knock at his door. He answers the door and he's like, oh, who are you? And then um, the, the, the guy's like, oh, hi, my name's Johnny, Johnny Marr. It's like, I'm looking to start a band. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like, I wonder what goes on here. I wonder, yeah, I wonder how... Where could this lead up? Exactly, to? yeah. Well, it's a bit like um, Nowhere Boy, when he first meets Paul McCartney and... Um, what was it Pete Best, the original drummer? Yes, yeah. If he was the best, why did they replace him? Because Ringo was a star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish... I wish this was... Uh, people can't... I can't have known this because it's an audio recording, but you pointed both your fingers at me <laughs> like he's a star. Star, baby. And this, you know, this I may be parroting myself here, but what does the E in John E. Marr stand for? Um, well, for him, it's uh, elastic wow. because he was very uh, known. He was like a Stretch Armstrong, which <laughs> yeah. is which is why he played such great noodling uh, guitar pieces. Because his fingers were noodles. Yeah, he could literally kind of like have one finger on the, the first fret of his guitar, yeah. whereas his pinky was playing like the 15th fret. Wow, that's yeah. very impressive. That's why he's such a great guitar player. Well, I'm glad I finally know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happened to darts-based game shows? The nation was gripped in the 90s. I don't know, people just... Not my Britain. No. In the words of Morrissey. Yeah, that's true, he was a big darts fan, famously. A huge darts fan, yeah. 
used to um, dance around on stage with a little bouquet of darts sticking out of his ass, <laughs> out of his uh, jeans. And he had, uh, yeah, he had Tony Green stood at the hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Johnny Marr would be like throwing darts and it would be just be hitting uh, Morrissey in the ass, like partway through Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. And then Jim would have him, uh, uh, no, Tom Green. What was his name? The guy who stood at the hockey? I've no, I don't know what the hockey is. I don't know who... Tom Green is the guy from um, Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. The guy... Um, I was just playing along. The guy, um, like, when, when you'd have uh, during Bullseye, when they'd be like, uh, Jim would be like, right, step, step up to the hockey. And then the person would be stood there, and he'd be throwing darts, and you had the guy stood there like, right, t- t- oh, take guy. your time, no rush. And he'd like, throw the dice like, 20. Double 20. I love that at some point, even though you've forgotten it now, you'd, at some point you knew his name. Tony Green. I think it's Tony Green. Yeah, okay. But yeah, anyway, he'd be stood there on stage. He went on tour of the, Sm- the, the Smiths. The Smiths, yeah, the Smiths. And uh, yeah, Johnny Marr would be throwing darts at Morrissey's ass. He'd be like, 20, triple seven, 180. The audience <laughs> that's a, bit... a great score, by the way. Oh, very I don't good. know if you know anything about darts, but that's a great score. Yeah, he did all right, yeah. Well, yeah. he's very good at darts, Johnny Marr. Because Morrissey, he was a huge Bristow fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've nothing more to say on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> loved Eric Bristow. That's, uh, that's all you need to know. Because if you weren't watching a darts-based game show, you'd be watching um, Supermarket Sweep. Yeah. yeah. What I love about Supermarket Sweep is that was back at a time when supermarkets were a novelty enough that you could have a game show. You could make fun out of a supermarket. Whereas these days, they're no matter what time of day you go, busy and awful, and full of annoying people who aren't looking where they're going. Mm. Um, the idea you could make that into fun is a very old-fashioned idea, I think. <laughs> and it's very, like, charmingly British. It's so, like, pedestrian, making a game show out of a supermarket. A supermarket in a... Was it, like, a, in a studio, or was it a real supermarket that they decked out <laughs> with their own stuff? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a working supermarket, yeah. yeah. Dale was the store manager. We're talking about Dale's supermarket suite, by the way. Yeah, of course. What do we need to say? It goes without saying, doesn't it? Uh, Dale Winton. That's his name, Dale Winton. Um, yeah, he was the store manager. Yeah. One difference between a real uh, a supermarket you usually see and um, Dale's one, a lot of like um, giant um, inflatable things floating around his shop didn't really seem to have much purchase value, but for some reason were value within very valuable within the confines of the show. I assumed that they lived near the sea. And ah. so those were like uh, beach buoyancy inflatables. and f- beach inflatables. Oh, buoyancy. So you think they were like um, safety uh, yeah, apparatus. Like, yeah, that's right. Like a safety, <laughs> like inflatable donkey, in case you're drowning. <laughs> Dale the male Winton. Because he was the most masculine television presenter of the era. <laughs> that's true. I think it was those suits. Right? It was the whole look. It was the look, the sound, everything about him. Yeah. Yeah. Dale the male. When, we, when it comes to Morrissey, do you want to talk animal rights, racism controversies, or relationships with fans? A relationship with fans. He's not had relationships with fans. I mean, we've we've touched upon uh, his uh, veganism uh, somewhat, so mm-hmm. I guess we could go. Um, let's uh, let's go relationship with fans. Okay. Now oh, this is bollocks. This is just um, talking about how much people love him. I thought it would be. Some like uh, little snippets of him spitting on his fans or times to fuck off. Throwing cauliflower at them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he does like throwing cauliflower. Let's go animal rights. 
He's a bit of an advocate, isn't he, for animal rights? A little bit. He likes animals, I think. Mm. Either that or he's he's got some compulsion to look after them. Yeah, he feels a kind of a, a need that somebody has to say something. So he does it begrudgingly, talks for those animals. He does everything begrudgingly. He's miserable. <laughs> I've got to stop mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. He he must, he he must he can't be that miserable if he puts his trousers on in the morning, goes out and makes music. Does he, though? Does he? Or is he just wheeled around in this um, room that he's wedged into, as oh, we yeah, established at the start? That's a point. Yeah, okay. He doesn't... Yeah. yeah, he Well, he gets up... He wakes up in the morning, he gets wheeled, <laughs> and then he makes music and plays plays for his, for his fans. Well, there you go. We can say that about him. He wakes up in the morning. If there's one thing that can be said about uh, Morrissey, he does wake up. Yeah, he does. Usually after he's slept. Anything there? Oh, yeah, shit. No. <laughs> Problem is, is this funny stuff or not? At a concert in Poland uh, in 2011, he said something quite controversial. Remember um, in Norway when that terrorist killed 97 people on that island? Right. Morrissey's response was, we all live in a murder... This is like to a crowd at a concert. We all live in a murderous world, as the events in Norway have shown, with 97 dead. Though that is nothing compared with what happens in McDonald's and Kentucky Fried <sighs> shit every day. Jesus Christ. At least he didn't say that in Norway, I guess. If there's one positive to be taken from that. Only because he wasn't in Norway at the time. <laughs> if think... he had been in Norway, he would have said it oh, in Norway. Could... Well, I'm sure if that was a part of his tour, he was counting down the days until he yeah. could say it to them. Oh, I can't wait. Ugh. I'll show them. Show them where their bloody loyalties should lie. Yeah. We've had a look at some uh, news uh, stuff about him. Uh, let's uh, have a look at some of his own personal quotes. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Okay. I like this Morrissey quote. Robert Smith is a whinge bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like... Uh, there's, a, there's a few great uh, quotes. It's, it's funny that those two seem to have... Uh, a. a I guess a bit of a feud mm. uh, back in the 80s, Robert Smith of The Cure and uh, Morris E. Yeah, I didn't know about this. Someone mentioned it to me semi-recently. I'd never heard about that. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, there's like, um, I, th- I think it was Robert Smith who said, um, who also is a vegetarian. Um, oh, but not a vegan. No. Uh, what was it he said? It's like, I would uh, gladly uh, start uh, eating meat just to annoy Morrissey. That's how much I hate Morrissey. <laughs> oh, I can sympathise with that sentiment. Uh, <laughs> and he recounted a, a time at a house party um, where I think he like punched Morrissey in the arm, apparently. And what, like his, uh, his little uh, buddy, you know, like... Oh, or what? He's like, you bastard. I don't, I don't quite know. Bastard Morrissey. I can't quite recall like how it was intended. But I seem to recall him recounting that Morrissey just kind of silently wept in in the corner. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting you to say. I thought he was going to say that he got really aggressive. He silently wept in the corner. What? Is this, did they know each other when they were six? <laughs> uh... Yeah, and then um, Johnny Marr just looked and said, um, I'm telling. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, went and got teacher. Yeah. Oh yeah, didn't he say um, it was something like if if your hair's if your if hair's no... shit, your shit. Yeah, basically, yeah. If, like that, if, yeah. if your hair's not right in the world, then you're not right in the world. It was along those lines. Mm, well remembered. 
It's one here that just says, Peru, Peru, my heart's lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, he was very mean? famous for saying that, wasn't he? Yeah, it was this catchphrase. He used to walk into a room and go, Peru, Peru. <laughs> and everyone would let, yell back, my heart's lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we were saying earlier about, um, you know, well, at least he gets up in the morning. <laughs> oh, God. On the subject of Morrissey getting up in the morning, what's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning? Wish I hadn't. <laughs> so we've even got that wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It's, oh, God. Here's a very existential one. I don't even know if I exist off stage. That's because he lives in that room that gets me about. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, it's just this angst, this existential angst. Yeah. <laughs> that he literally doesn't exist <laughs> off stage. <laughs> a lot of um a lot of harking back i've noticed on this podcast harking back to winton mania real nostalgia fest this i just get the feeling that anybody five years younger than us won't get these jokes i don't know i mean we've talked about jim bowen these aren't exactly things that um were necessarily of our generation but we know what they are that's true yeah so, that's true cultural not- osmosis it goes back to what I, and I mention this to somebody at least once a week, well, the generation coming up after us, they don't have CFAX, they don't have teletext. Mm. What what are these people going to turn into? The doomed Without generation. The, exactly. They don't have the joke of the day. They, don't, they won't be able to know the weather forecast. Unless there's some newer way of getting hold of this sort of information that not, I'm unaware of. Not really. Uh, news uh, weather broadcast uh, ended in like 1999, as far as I'm concerned. You have to log on to the end of the radio broadcast day to get the shipping forecast. Hmm. And that's about it. Or stick your head out the window. <laughs> that's about as uh, detailed as it gets these days. Was that for the weather or for the joke of the day? <laughs> just, ho- just hoping <laughs> a funny milkman is driving past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> milkman, eh? Don't see milkman anymore, do you? <laughs> Little milk floats. We get a we get a milkman near around our street. Do you? Yeah. What's he doing? Not telling any jokes, <laughs> the bastard. Just delivering milk. I'm surprised he's doing that. To be honest, he's probably one person on his brute every day. It is. It, yeah, it's not. A, it, it is like <laughs> older people. I think that still like having a. It's yeah. probably like his mum. She's like, um, oh, oh, you know. We'll just, I'll just put an order in just to keep him busy. It's <laughs> one bottle of milk. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes back the next day to collect the uh, the empty <laughs> bottle, but it's only half. It's only half done. And he's he's very specific. It's like you need don't pull, don't tear the little top off completely. Just put it half off, and then I can fill it back up again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can keep the lid. Yeah. yeah. What else don't you get anymore? What's better? We really are harking back now. Right? Yeah, we really are. Oh, yeah. Remember when uh, dog poo used to go white? That was a thing, wasn't it? What? <laughs> this is an established thing. People are aware of this. Do you not remember, like, dog poo, when left out on the pavement or whatever, used to go white? Used to. Used to. As in, doesn't anymore. No. <laughs> This is a thing. I've heard other people mention this. I'm not just making this up. This is a thing. I'm surprised you don't... You don't remember dog poo? You know, dog poo. <laughs> um, you used to leave it in the sun? Well, you didn't, but a dog would. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you did. I don't hope, know. No, I hope you wouldn't mention, but... Um, it was the... And then it was one of those things where I always 
everybody was always wondering why it was. And it's because dog food used to have loads of bone meal in it. Ground up bones and shit. Oh, right. It used to go white in the sun. Now it doesn't. That's a real thing. This is a real phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need to see this for myself. I don't... I've never seen white dog poo. Walking around with your eyes closed throughout the entire 90s. Don't you remember? I was too busy collecting pogs. Oh, t- let's talk about pogs. Oh, Christ. Pogs. pogs. Do you remember you get those really um, thick ones? Do they have a special name? They were like um, a pog version of a, a shiny Pokemon card. Um, they were like uber pogs. No, I only ever had... Um, I had Looney Tunes pogs because mm. they did those in packets of Walker's Crisps. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they were to coincide with Space Jam. Might have been. Very possibly, yeah. That was a great film. That was the first film I ever saw with Bill Murray in. And I, I was just aware that he was like... Because he was in the film playing himself. Mm. He wasn't playing a character. So I was like, he's obviously someone famous that I should know and pay attention to. But I had no idea who he was. He was playing himself. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but then I again, would've... so was Michael Jordan. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't have known who he was. He could have been anyone to me. We don't have basketball. Well, we have basketball here, but it's not exactly like a... Yeah, but everybody knew. I knew who Michael Jordan was. You knew who Michael Jordan was before you knew who Bill Murray was. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why. No, nor do I. I knew I knew who Bugs Bunny was before I knew who either of them were. Blimey. Michael Bugs Bunny Jordan, mm. he used to be called. Wait, no, they're different characters, aren't they? I don't know. I assumed Bugs Bunny played Michael Jordan in the film. Yeah. Like dual roles like Eddie Murphy did in his old films. In, um, what was it, The Clumps? Uh, yeah, Nutty Professor. Oh, that was it, yeah. The sequel was called The Clumps. Mm. I tell you what, if you wanted fart jokes, <laughs> that was the... Oh, boy, that was the film for you. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. <laughs> if you wanted to watch an overweight African-American family <laughs> farting at a dinner table, that is your film. I think that was even uh, Roger Ebert's write-up of it. <laughs> Because famously, he used to um, end, up till that point, every one of his reviews would end, when are we going to see a film with an African-American obese family farting at a dinner table? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Every film up until that point, one out of four stars. And then as soon as The Nutty Professor came out, Hmm. and its sequel, he was a happy man. He'd been championing that idea for years, Hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm glad it happened in his lifetime. Certainly. It would have been tragic if he died beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) Space Jam, though. Right, well, I think we've said everything the world needs to hear about Morrissey. Yeah, for sure. I think if that doesn't entice uh, newbies to kind of seek to his him cause. out yeah, yeah seek him out seek out his music then i don't know what will because at the moment he's a he's a cult figure he's not very well known no he's not got many fans i would say no just me mostly you yeah yeah and you know if we can if we can shine a light into the you know the dark corner that is morrissey's career and give him a bit of publicity i think we've done well hmm. because fr- frankly he needs it yeah he needs it god help him he needs some uh, operations to sort out his elephantiasis and his Gigantism. gigantism. Yeah, that poor lad. You know, he's never he he he's tried so hard to drag himself up from his bootstrap with his boots from his bootstraps 
with his bootstraps. I don't think he can find his feet, Sean. So. <laughs> Sorry, that was insensitive <laughs> of me to say. It is a bit. He's tried so hard, though, to, to bring himself up from the uh, poverty-stricken Salford area yeah. into some sort of some sort of life. And he hasn't managed it so far, you know. No. But God bless him. He, all, all the best, Morrissey. Morrissey, if you're listening... <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Ima- yeah, imagine if he Googles himself every every week. He sits down on a Sunday. He get puts on a he puts on a, uh, a he gets a bathrobe and he just curls up in the corner of his room, smoking a pipe, um, eating some vegan cauliflower, <laughs> um, and he Googles himself and he sees. Oh, what's what's the world been saying about me? Um, Morris E. Smythe this week. And he stumbles across this, you know. Well, if you're listening, Morrissey, honestly, all the best. It was all, all like, it was out of love and respect for you and your music. Yeah, well, your side was. I don't think I expressed much of the, that sentiment, but um, yeah, good luck, mate. You uh, you deserve it. Yeah. You'll make it one day. You'll make it, mm. you know. The world's too bright a place. We need people like you. <laughs> So yeah, having as I said, having said all we need to say about Morrissey, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. Yep, goodbye. Thank you for listening. No, I was hoping we'd say it in unison. Oh. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> I've been Sean. I've been Birch. And I'm gonna carry on being Sean. I don't know, I'm in two minds. We'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe you'll be Dale. Yeah. Maybe you'll be Morrissey. Till next time. Maybe you'll be Jim Bowen. Uh, yeah how much does it cost to remove a rib (laughs) (laughs) goodbye toodles